Welcome to Season 3 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of the mad scientist, Coach B, and myself as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. How's it going for everybody? And thank you again for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is sponsored by Hunter HD Gold. Their slogan is, they change so you don't have to. So head on over to HunterHDGold.com and check out the large assortment of glasses they have for your health needs. I won't say shooting needs. I will say health needs because I have three pair of Hunter HD Golds. And I use two pair for shooting and one pair for driving. And I swear by them. So if you're into shooting, head over to a major match. And Brian will more than likely be at one of those major matches. And he will give you a pair of Hunter HD goals so you can try during that match. And that's somebody who actually stands behind their product. So don't take my word for it. Get your hand on a pair and experience it for yourself. HunterHDGold.com, they change so you don't have to. Also, we're a couple weeks away from the South Carolina sectional taking place 30 April through 2 May. Registration is still open, so we still have some spots left open. The only thing about these spots now is if you want to get a match shirt, you will have to email us and supply your size so you won't be able to order a match shirt with the registration as of right now but if you really want to get a match shirt or if you just want to order a match shirt um, I'll leave the email address in the show notes and send that email with your size how many shirts you want and we'll make it happen all right don't forget that we have a GoFundMe going on also two campaigns the first one is free firearms training this is a nationwide push to get everybody who's a first-time gun owner the training they deserve so a lot of people have that thought process of just because you have a firearm you think you will be able to do with whatever with it which is not the case so you need to get trained you need to have a clear understanding of the tool and a clear understanding of your skill set right because the two might not go in hand so but we want to make sure everybody gets the proper training that they need and if you will just head on over to gofundme.com forward slash free firearms training and give what you can give to help out somebody else so we can make this a better situation for everybody involved the other gofundme the other gofundme campaign that we have going on is we are making a professional movie this movie is going to follow us through the sport of shooting so if anything, if you would have been around for Area 6 match, it, we would have had the camera crew there, but the camera guy's in college right now. So, but we're still working on that time frame of making that happen. So head on over to GoFundMe.com forward slash we are making a professional movie and donate what you can give so we can actually get this project started. I think we're going to start it in the March or April time frame. All right. So it's that time to bring in my buddy, the guy who I always nag about gun talk. Whenever there's an issue with one or eight of my firearms, I always hit him up 
even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning when he's just about to get up for dry fire practice. As you already know, this guy knows how to turn a wrench. He knows how to fix things. But most importantly, he has a banner that he calls the gun butt banner. So come on out, take yep. it next to the gun there it is. banner <laughs> and shake some hands. So without further ado, I want to welcome the co-hostess with the mostest, my main man, the mad scientist himself, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's going on, Mike? We're just getting back from Area 6, yeah. trying to stay awake. Long yeah. enough to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> trying to stay awake. I'm trying not to fumble my words anymore. <laughs> yeah, so um, before Area 6, um, how, would, how has your week been leading up? to area six uh the week leading up to area six was nice because i took the week off went on vacation uh with my wife we celebrated our 10th anniversary Mm, and um we just stayed in a cabin by the river in the mountains (laughs) it was great we didn't do a whole lot we just ate and you know had some good food and just hung out and relaxed and it it was great i really enjoyed that i needed that um you know Work's yeah. been hectic. It, it was good leading up to it. If I would have known it was your anniversary, I would have at least said happy anniversary when your wife was there in my presence. Oh, yeah. I well, I didn't know it was your anniversary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 10 years. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, happy anniversary to well, Dave and his you, wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy belated anniversary. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but you had a week off, so yeah, you yeah, said you went up good. to the mountains. Did you do anything spectacular other than sending me the beautiful pictures of the backdrop, making me jealous that I was, <laughs> you know, stuck in my four wall cavern? <laughs> um, I, we really didn't do a whole lot, we which is kind of what we wanted. <laughs> we right. just wanted, you know, some time away, um, away from things and um, just to relax. Cool. clear you know clear my head some and uh just enjoy yeah my, my brother just got back from um going over to costa rica and um the pictures he was sending me i'm like i'm getting jealous everybody's sending all these beautiful pictures <laughs> of the area and i'll send you a picture of Colombia in my backyard <laughs> which yeah. you know what's up but um grass getting tall <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's up with my backyard but my backyard got ball spots and it's not it? because I've been running in it or anything. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I don't plan on putting any grass in my backyard because what I plan on doing is turning up my training regiment and just running in the backyard, you know, like my footwork and, you know, training with the firearm. Yeah. So that's, that's my goal for my backyard. But I have a lot of space in my backyard to do this stuff. But one project I plan on doing is... Um, I want to put in like um, a patio, screened in patio in my mm-hmm. backyard. That'd be nice. Oh so, yeah, I think it would be also. And when I actually do that, then I'll have to clear out some trees and then that'll be my new dry fire area. But right now it's like, I just walk out the back door and I can do pull-ups and then that open area is where I do my dry fire when I get back out there and start doing it. I like yeah. it. I recently got the backyard cleared out myself. Um, cleared out some trees and have some target stands and stuff out there now but um i'm gonna i'm gonna bring in some more stuff i got a, a swinger i'm gonna put out there swinging target and uh 
work on some other things, set up a couple walls probably and have my little dry fire range. That's what I want to do. I want to get a couple walls and um, start working on some stuff. Um, the stuff that I have been working on, like at the gym, as far as my footwork, I think all that felt like it's starting to come together in a sense of speaking. But um, I would like to have it in my backyard so I'm not improvising at the gym, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can actually do something that replicates all the places we go. Yeah. But, but other than that, um, I didn't take leave. <laughs> my week was nothing <laughs> more than um, I went to um, an appointment and I thought I was going for my eye appointment, but it was like an occupational therapy appointment. <laughs> so really, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I got them mixed up. But, but you know, when I went up there, I was like, yeah, I'm here for an eye appointment. And then the worst part about it was the eye appointment is at 1.30, but it's next month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? well. Yeah, so I was I was way early for the early. appointment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was late for the occupational therapy appointment. You know, so that appointment was at one o'clock. I showed up at like one twenty, but um, they still saw me and everything like that. And I was like, "How did I actually mix that up?" You know, and I put everything in my phone. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't know how that happened, but it is what it is. So that that was pretty much my week right there. And then um, getting ready for Area Six. And I left my shooting glasses in my um in my vehicle because Coach B actually drove up to Area Six and I rode with her. And luckily, you had a pair of the same the Archer Frame um, Hunter HD goals. So yep. I shot, shot the matching those. You know, only thing I wear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter HD gold. Yeah, that's it right there. So but, Brian does have a a new lens tint that I'm interested in trying out though. The Hunter's HD red. Is that what he is calling it? Hunter's is that the Ruby? Ruby, yeah. Sorry. Ruby? HD Ruby or is it I don't know. It's a different yeah. tint. <laughs> yeah, it's a red tint. And um I did my research on that. And um what I discovered about the tent it's mainly for shotgun like yeah shot, that's the shotgun sport that's what he was kind of advertising it as i don't know i just i'd like to try it out i'm really happy with the the hd golds but yeah um i shot in a pair of red tenant framed uh lenses before but uh it didn't work out too good for me no <laughs> no like it i don't want to say the company's name but it did make the green and the brown pop out more but when it got shaded, everything blended in, you know, mm, so okay. that's why it, it, yeah. it, I noticed it at one um, mid Carolina match. Whereas when I was shooting, it was like the clouds got right in front of the sun and it instantly got dark. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> it, it was enough to make me. Slow mm, everything kind of blended together. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah so this week, um, Coach B she's not here so she's not feeling well and i think area six wore her out and she wasn't even shooting <laughs> but it is what it is so um hopefully you know coach b is going to come back with a speedy recovery so she can sit right here in the chair next to us and um pretty much give me a hard time like she always do because 
my campaign is Coach B is me. Everybody knows it. My, the camera comes on, she throws on a smile, and she's innocent. <laughs> but um, but let's go ahead and dive into this quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and let's talk about Area Six. And you actually did very well at Area Six, so I think. But um, yeah, I had a good match. Yeah, so let's um go ahead and do that right quick. So everybody, if you're in your vehicle. Go ahead and turn the volume up, get the seatbelt tighter, put your sunglasses on, turn the heat or AC up, depending on the conditions of your area. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. What's up, good people? This is Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical. This is Coach B from M-W Tactical. And we are asking for your help with two GoFundMe campaigns that we have started. The first one is we are making a professional movie and it's gonna be about our day-to-day -day life within the sport of shooting. Details about this campaign can be found by visiting gofundme.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. The second campaign, we are asking for you to donate to give financial assistance for those who cannot financially get the training they deserve. Remember, there are a lot of first-time gun owners out there, and I am asking for everyone in the gun industry to come together and make our community stronger. For more details, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash free firearms training. Remember how important training is to keep everyone informed and safe. All right, good people. Thank you for sitting through that commercial break in the first segment of the show. Um, we're not going to have a third segment of the show, so it's just going to be um, the mad scientist and myself as we talk about the breakdown of Area 6. So Area 6 was pretty interesting. Um, looking at the stages of the matchbook, they didn't seem too hard. They didn't seem too easy. You know, a few stages had a little technical aspect to it that posed a little bit of challenge. But I think that challenge was how you was going to attack it. So one stage, if you go up to the far front, it probably blended better for you versus starting in the far rear, you know, something like that. But um, 12 stages, 12 stages. And we did an all-day format 
without yeah. even knowing it was a half day format. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I, it's I don't know that I've never been to an Area Six match that offered a half day mm-hmm. format, so I didn't even really I didn't consider it as an option when I registered. You know, way right. back when. Well, I I didn't read it. Normally, I don't read it. Like especially like if you say, "Hey, we're going to do this match," I just sign up for it. But I think if it, um if we would have been notified or actually, you know, looked at it and say, hey, they're given the option of half day, I think I would have took the half day format. And the I, reason, yeah, yeah, the reason I say that is because <laughs> um, when I did area six last year, that was my best major match last year. And it was only 10 stages, you mm-hmm. know, but it flowed very well compared to this area six. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a big difference in the match flow. Yeah. So, but, and like I said, I'm not making no excuses or anything, but it was, you shoot and it could be what, 30 seconds. And then you sit for an hour. Yeah. Shoot again. <laughs> you sit for another hour. <laughs> like, And I think, that was something that contributed to my game, you know, because a lot of times when I was sitting, my legs was getting tight. My lower back was getting tight. You know, I'm pounding water. I'm walking around trying to stretch and everything. Um, at one point I'm trying to just talk to people so I can stay awake, <laughs> you know, but um, I just think the the flow of the match kind of took away from it. But I think if we would have done the half day format, I think it would have been a whole lot better. I, I think so. I I didn't realize we were scheduled for 11 hours that day. Um, we ended up finishing a little early ahead of schedule somehow. I don't know how. It seemed like we were waiting on every stage that we went to, but somehow we still finished before 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably, yeah, looking at it in more detail, if I, if I would have, I probably would have chosen the uh, two half days as well. Um, 11 hours is a long time to be on a range and I knew it was going to be difficult. Um, I've had, um, some trouble at major matches before. Um, I mentioned it a little bit, but, um, with, with nutrition and, and most people probably would, you know, just being out there that long, if you're not watching, you know, your caloric intake and, and that sort of thing, just being outside for 11 hours and then the sun, you know, can, can be draining. And, um, you know, sometimes it starts to affect just me physically and being able to focus and infects affects my performance. So I knew going into that long day, um, you know, I was going to have to really pay attention. It was going to be more of a challenge than like a local, local match. There was a lot more stuff to pay attention to other than just shooting. Oh yeah. So there, there was a lot to, consider for this match and like I said I think a lot of that was overlooked on my behalf but like I said I didn't really put forth the training that I did last year going into area six like I did this year I really didn't do any training and it showed in my personal opinion it showed so even like by the time we got finished with our third or fourth stage I don't know if you saw it or not but I was very disappointed (laughs) <laughs> you know with myself right even though you said you thought I shot well I was like no nah, I'm nowhere near where I should have been you know yeah well it's yeah 
And you know, you know how it goes sometimes. But only thing I can do now, like I said, that was a wake up call for me. So I'm a therefore I'm going to put my plan that I did last year into effect. You know, right now with a few more um, added incentives for the performance outbreak. You know what I'm saying? So, and like I said, it's just goal driven. So when something good happens, I'm going to reward myself with something in a sense of speaking, you know? So um, 12 stages as we stated, and one of the stages that, well, I'll talk about that one here later, but the first stage was stage five, you know? So <laughs> here I am going into stage five. And the funny thing about it was I'm focusing on the day before I'm focusing on doing the walkthrough. I did a walkthrough because I had to dance around the stages because people were shooting. And you know you can't yeah. do a walkthrough if you're not on that squad. So I'm jumping around from the different squads, but I'm already have it set in my mind from the matchbook. Stage five is gonna be the first stage and that's the only stage with the table um, start, unloaded start. So, and you know, Coach B kept telling me like, okay, well, right now that's not your first stage that's not your first stage <laughs> and it, it didn't register when she was telling me that but i was like okay cool but i felt like i had a solid plan for stage five and it didn't work so well for me right i think the movement wise it worked well for me but my hits on paper is what got me you know so so that one was a little more technical um, I mean, it was a more technical stage than, than most of them. Some longer shots, some, um, uh, there was a couple targets out 25 yards and a couple poppers out there, you know, close to 20 right. yards or so. Right. So now you got to remember now, like the first couple stages, I was missing still. I wasn't hitting it on the first shot. <laughs> I was missing it. Like it took me like two, three shots to make up. But um, on that one, the first stage, I do know I had more deltas, and yeah, I think it was it was a a lot more deltas, and I think I had one miss on the first stage. Oh, and, I hate I hate a miss anytime, but yeah, it just kind of it's a bad way to start. <laughs> yeah, it, it <laughs> on is the first stage. Yeah. But it, it's like I said, I don't know if you heard me when I was talking to Coach B when I was walking off, and I was like, I don't know what was wrong with me, but. I was more nervous than anything. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me that. Hey, yeah. man, that, that happens to <laughs> almost everyone. The yeah, first stage like, jitters, you know? <laughs> and it's like going up to it, 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 I didn't feel good, but I didn't feel bad. But I was like, okay, I know what's going on. I'm in the moment. And then as soon as make ready, start, I'm like, Lord, have mercy. What is wrong with me? <laughs> you know? And I was like, holy cow. And I, that's when I went ahead and put the... Um, the pro grip on my hand because my hand started sweating and it was already kind of hot already so I was yeah like, oh my goodness and like i said the first two stages um like i said it was a lot of deltas and i, I just didn't feel up to par you know mm -hmm. so um but like i said once again it's just me making an analysis and like even like this morning i got up started looking at the videos and I started looking at stuff that I was doing wrong and I'm nitpicking like little stuff so I can correct it. Yeah, yeah that's a good tool, good training tool to look yeah. at videos and stuff like that. So what, what was your take on um, stage five outside of it being technical? Um, 
I like that. Uh, I don't know. There were there were a few different ways to shoot. There were a couple different options, and I, we've been seeing more of that um, at at matches lately. Not just this one actually had the same start position. Everyone had to start in the same place, but that's kind of what you know typically normal stage designs are set up like that but what we started to see more of uh kind of start anywhere within the stage which is kind of cool but this one still gave you a few options of how to shoot the stage and it was it was very uh some of the options were very technical and very difficult but could save you you know a little bit of movement time right. so it was it was it was neat just to have that option to where if you were confident on taking longer, difficult shots, you know, you could save, potentially save some time, or at least you're not moving as far as you might have to, to, you know, open targets up a little, you know, make the shots a little easier. But I liked it. Um, I looked at that stage a lot, you know, trying to different plans and just, I actually did not finalize my plan until the morning of, until we got there walking it. I, I had a good idea of how I wanted to shoot it, but I, I had a couple options that I was still tossing around in my head till I could get out there and actually look at the stage again and the, the yeah. target presentation between the barrels and um, just, you know, made up my mind at that point. Yeah, for me, the same thing. When we was doing the walkthrough before the stage brief, I seen something I didn't see the prior day, which was you could see that front still by going all the way to the um the right off the start mm -hmm. and i was like oh i didn't see that so then i said okay now let me change my um my stage plan and that was the only um change i made because i was going to take that far still shot coming into the to paper which you know you would traverse and that's pretty much how everybody else did it you know like the other open shooters um but i went ahead and i just did um Went all the way to the edge. Well, not all the way to the edge, but more to the edge. Shot that um, target going into it and then threaded for the steel and then that far one and then came back to the barrel. Shot those two and then I shot the other piece of steel between the barrel and the wall. And then everything else was like self-explanatory. You know, just everything was to the left until you got to the end and then you just swept the rest of the range. You know, so... It, it, like I said, it was a good stage, but had more deltas. <laughs> well, that was a tough one to start on, too. Um, yeah. It was probably, I think, the most technical stage of the match, and then we started on it first stage of the day. So <laughs> yeah. you definitely had to be ready. Yeah, So, and that, that was one of those stages you couldn't sleep on. I, I, I do agree with that. That was one of the stages you couldn't sleep on. Now, what was your take on stage six? You have to refresh my memory on the All right. so, stages. Yeah, so stage six was the one you started on the X outside of the box. And um, you pretty much made the loop around. Like, it was, like when you ran. All right, so when you stepped in the box, you shot back in that far corner. And then you just took off to your right run. And you had to take that lean to take those two. And then you had to come back forward. And it had the stomp plate in it. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, so um, on that one, I thought that was going to be the most fun stage for me of the day. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually wasn't. Like, just looking at it and, you know, doing the walkthroughs and everything, um, I thought that was one of the more fun stages to shoot. 
but um, I, I underestimated the stomp pad. <laughs> like, you really had to, like, stomp on that thing. You couldn't just touch it. You really had yeah. to stomp on it. Some of them, just the way they're set, you really, you got to drive that thing all the way to the ground to make it activate. Yeah. Now, looking at everybody else on the squad, and even with me, um, on the swinging target, um, the first one, it seemed easy, but it seemed like the second one, it was giving everybody an issue. Where some people would shoot it, yeah, it would like shoot it, wait, shoot it, or you saw some more pe- other people shoot it, go to the other piece of paper, then come back to it and put the one on it. You know, so, but um, I think that was the only thing about that right there that kind of played with everybody's mind it was the swinger. <laughs> you know, I think I took, I had to wait on two passes. Um, it was too fast for me, even. I mean, I, I couldn't call two good shots on it. I, I got one hit on it and I went, you know, it disappeared. I waited for it to come back up and got the second. Um, I could have probably got two shots on it in one pass, but I wouldn't have been able to call two good hits on it. It was moving quick. All right. But um, I, I do like stages that are set up like that because it's a mixture of run and you're applying more to it. So you got to hairpin get there, you got to hit the brakes. You, you got to take off again and, you know, you still got to shoot <laughs> and everything. So, but I, I like more stages like that. There was one target on that stage that I thought about for like all night because <laughs> it was the first target um, <laughs> that you engage. Well, potentially either the first or last target you engage on that stage. When you, as soon as you step into the box, there's that far target to the left, left side of the whole stage at probably 25 yards. It's a wide open target, right? But you could, or at least I thought that I could probably, if I waited till the end, um, running from right to left, I could jump outside of the fault line and skip outside of the barrel and do two quick shots on that one. And I really thought about it. I was like, man. Because you're going to be like point blank on that target, but you're throwing two quick shots while you're in the air. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it worth it? I don't know. I, I, I just really thought that it might be a time saver because you're talking about like point blank distance versus 25 yards. So there's a big distance difference, hmm. but it's also a big risk there. And <laughs> I yeah. just, I just decided not to do it. I just took two shots on it when I first stepped in the box, got two alphas on it and, did the rest of the stage but um i went ahead and um i didn't even consider taking that lean on the end like i saw people doing it like um john browning he was there with two other people from amu and when we was doing the walkthrough on um friday they was like sitting there talking about it and is it worth it is it not worth it but <laughs> yeah. I, I went I, back and forth probably a dozen times like i don't I did not even consider it. Like I was like, <laughs> if 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 it's that hard of a lean and it's to the left, no, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not not even going. Consider. It wasn't even. It wouldn't have been a lean for me. It would have been a jump. Like <laughs> you might have been. You might have been able to lean out past the barrels, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I didn't I'm even, not tall enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even like consider it. I didn't even try. I like I thought about it like the first, and I was like, nope, not going to even do it. <laughs> Automatically, I knew what I was going to do. Now. Stage seven. Now, stage seven is one that got me. <laughs> I was thinking about this one all night 
before the match, right? So that was kind of like a mini memory stage in a sense of speaking, because you can lean and still see like three targets from like one position in the middle, because you, you came in on the one on the outside. But if you lean, you can take like three or four targets from the middle and then run to the edge and take the rest of them. But seven. here it is. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even traverse and take the last shot. I like just just slipped my mind. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness, man, what's going on? You know, so. Um, but outside of that, I thought it was a clean run. minus not shooting the last two targets. <laughs> you didn't shoot them? No, because like I said, when on I, the right side. Yeah. When I did that lean. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think I was just focusing too hard on not hitting that um that white no shoot on the on the on the wall that they had there. Yeah. So um I think I was just focusing on not hitting that and just forgot to take that turn. And then when I turned around, legitly it was like Lucky, Dewey, Mark, and somebody else. And they was like, Hey Mike, and they all, all of them pointed at that one target. <laughs> and I looked, turned around, I was like, Oh man, I forgot that one target. And I finished it like, oh man, I felt smooth. I felt good, <laughs> but forgot one target. Did you? Was it the piece of steel? No, 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 that one. Paper? It wasn't. Um, it wasn't a steel on that stage. On seven. Yeah. Yeah. So seven was that one. Um, when you walked onto the stage, everything was like sideways, or in a sense of speaking. I think. Um, I don't think it had two stages on it. Yeah, it had two stages on it. it okay. Two, yeah, it had two stages on it. All right. So actually, that's stage eight. The one I started on was stage eight. Because you remember how they divided the squad in half? And you oh, oh I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my bad. So I'm not talking stage seven. I'm talking stage eight right now. Okay. Yeah. So, the, yeah, there was potential for that because there, you could see targets for multiple positions. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's always the opportunity to leave one out there and yeah. <laughs> think you've shot it or, or just forget to shoot it, I guess. But yeah. now a stage that was similar to this, and I think it was the nope, it was nationals. I think it was not. It was either the Florida Open or Nationals. And it was a stage similar to this. And it was pretty much the same thing. Like when you came in, the way my stage on um, plan was set up. It was going to be my last shot. Didn't traverse to take the last shot. <laughs> so I was like, wow, man, it, it got me again. Got me again. But um, I didn't see how you actually ran that stage, but how did you run it? So initially, I thought I was going to run all the way to the left and mm-hmm. just start on the far left target and just start working my way across the stage. Because you could do that. You could shoot everything on the move that way. Right. And you never stop shooting. Um, but I found a position to where you didn't have to move all the way to the left of the stage. You could kind of take like three or four steps to the left and, and, you know, stand there stationary and you could see four targets, I believe, I believe it was four um, that you could take static and then transition to the right and then start walking toward to the right engaging all the targets that, you know, as they became visible on the move to the right. And then you just transition back for that one last target on the left. So it, it eliminated um, a good bit of movement there and made the first four targets easier right. because I was, you know, stationary. 
but that one went pretty quick. It yeah, was yeah. Uh, 20 rounds. I don't remember what my time was, but it was quick. Yeah, I remember my time was like 10.08. I think that's what it was. And it felt so smooth and it flowed, but like I said, I forgot that last target. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> yeah, got me. Now, stage seven, the stage before that, and as we said, coming into this um, this bay, it was two stages in one bay, and they divided the squad in half, and I started on um, stage eight, the one we just talked about, and Dave started on stage seven. Yeah, yeah, I started on that one. Yeah. So, and then, of course, once you got finished shooting, like for me, I got finished shooting um, that um, stage eight. Then I had to go get in line for stage seven, and Dave had to do the opposite. So, um, what was your take on stage seven? So this one is another quick stage, but it was a little bit more technical because it had an activator um, mm -hmm. sequence that you had to. The goal, anyway, would be to time the activator properly. You know, when you're engaging other targets and get the swinger out in the position, you know where it's where it's open and available right when you need it to be so there was a little bit of um thought between when you're going to engage that piece of steel to activate the swinger because there's also paper around it that you can pick up um so you had to figure out if you wanted to shoot some of that paper before or after you engage the steel and and then get the timing of the swinger you know to come out right so so it was pretty cool i ended up you know, getting the timing down pretty good because I had an opportunity to watch um, a couple guys shoot it before I did. Right. So I could see, you know, what the timing was like. Well, I think um, it ran smooth on me, but I changed it up at the last minute, not purposely. It was more instinctively. Because um, my plan was to shoot that one on the, um, that partial that's on the far left. Yeah. And then step up to the um, the edge of the shooting box and my first shot should have been still paper, paper, and then come back around and do on the other side, paper, still, then the swinger. But what I actually ended up doing was stepping in, shooting that partial on the far left, then shooting the next paper. I just kind of swept around, you know, like kind of made the moon shape. Yeah. So, and then shot the still um, last though. <laughs> And then when I came over, I'm like, oh, I don't see the swinger. And then I just went ahead and just, you know, did everything the opposite way coming back. But um, like I said, no no hiccups or anything like that. It was just instinctively, I don't know why that took place, but I'm sure that's happened to you a few times in um, shooting. Yeah, like, if you get out of position, I mean, yeah. you know, it does not quite according to plan, whatever, you just – go after the next target you see you know? yeah <laughs> so um but then um like i said um, i felt good about that one so um those two stages you know what i'm saying I, I felt good about uh other than forgetting to shoot that last target but going into the rest of the match that played on my mind a lot even though i kept saying okay let's move on let's move on and i'm like how did i forget that how did i forget that and then it, it just beat me up. It just beat me because you know I, I needed an answer right then and there before I can move on. You know, it's tough to if you, if you're bringing that stuff with you throughout the match. It yeah, it yeah. It's it's important to be able to let that stuff go, but the, you know that's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. So, but 
moving on to stage nine, um, that was the one that had like the box with the little island in the middle, um, where you had those two targets where you had to do a quick traverse left and right. Um, yeah. For that. Yeah. So now, um, you did it totally different than how I did it, but I think what took place by this okay. time frame, when because you was talking with the other grandmasters on the squad about saving time versus footwork. And I think everybody else on the squad just started mimicking you all, you know, but I was the only one that started over in the far right corner to take out those two targets. And I came around the left side of um, the shooting area versus the right side, like everybody else did. But that one, for me, I, I felt like it was pretty good. And I mm -hmm. was actually shooting on the move <laughs> where everybody else that I seen um, was stopping and shooting everything versus, you know, like I said, coming into that before I did the reload, I, I shot like three shots at that partial on the move and all three shots were alphas on that one. I was actually like, yep, we back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, um, of course, you know, you did the reload. And when we got on that backside, because there was a sweet spot you could have stood in where you could see all the targets. Mm -hmm. But shooting that one target behind the barrel is kind of threading the needle. So, of course, if you step to the right a little bit, it opened it up a little bit. So, of course, what I did was I started shooting everything from right to left. And then, of course, when I got to the last target, I took two steps backwards as I was shooting at it and then did that quick traverse to that one that was behind the um, target that opened it up more for the Asian. yeah that was kind of the the key to that stage you had you had to just about cover that whole shooting area to to make all the targets visible right but i, I think that was um a fun stage and the day before i think coach b actually saw it the way you saw it because she was like, don't you want to try it that way? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Well, yeah, it's I hate a... reloading on the right side. <laughs> <Just Yeah. remember. laughs> it's very, watching some of the low cap guys, they had to have very different stage plans um, right. than I did. And, and even in limited, um, you had to have different stage plans than I did with, you know, the higher capacity of uh, open gun. So it, it was kind of interesting. Um, I don't know why people want to hinder themselves with 10 round magazines, but I, I don't know. It's a different challenge. Uh, it makes you look at a stage differently. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like um, Tudor. Um, I don't know if you know Tudor or not. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Him. Um, he, I sat there and asked him that same question. I was like, why? And he said, <laughs> he loves to do the reload aspect. And he said, and I get it. Just like if um, a limited person, if you're fast on the reload, of course, more than likely, you're going to get the better time on that stage. You know, if you're weak on a reload, constantly reloading, <laughs> you got the advantage now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're stronger, of course. Yeah. So like I said, I get it. I get it. But he, he said that was his only reason for um, doing that. He said he shot limited, uh, limited or open. He shot it. He was okay with it, but he just wanted to come back to the multiple reloads. Reloads are fun. I practice them a lot. I don't, 
I think I only did like three reloads in this whole match. But yeah, that's what <laughs> but, I was gonna say later. Like you didn't reload one time. But I nailed I nailed every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> on, on the make ready command. <laughs> yeah. I didn't miss the magwell one time. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so the next stage, I was kind of scared of the next stage, which was Chrono. Ten. Oh, Chrono. Okay. Yeah, so remember, because um, Lucky went and asked a question because they was telling us at first to move as a squad to Chrono. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I don't think our day flowed like the day prior. So there was a little backlog. So the Chrono guy was like, yeah, once you get finished shooting, just come on over. And I was wary about it because um, because of the primer shortage, I didn't Chrono. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to roll that dice. <laughs> So, um, of course, you know, I was like, I'm stressing Chrono. I ain't stressing nothing else. I'm stressing Chrono. And then, of course, I got over there and then it, um, I got a 175 power factor. So I wasn't stressing Chrono. I've never had a power factor issue, but I probably should have been this time. <laughs> I barely made power factor. I was, um, same kind of thing. I'm using a primer that I don't know why I didn't Chrono it before, but I, it's a, a Russian two, two, three rifle primer. Mm-hmm. I figured it was hot enough, you know, comparable to my Magnum pistol primers that I normally use that I shouldn't have any concern about it, but it turned out it was about 25, 30 feet per second slower. And that put me at 165.8 on power mm-hmm. factor, which is, you know, 165 is the minimum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you blinked it. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> I was barely in there. Usually I'm around 171 or so. Yeah, I don't I don't ever have to worry about it, but oh, I'm definitely going to go uh double check my powder charge and chronos and the ammo and see if, you know, if I need to make a change there. Yeah, so now because of that you're shooting open and would you put more powder in there? With the primer, prob- I don't know. Um, I need to check the charge to make sure I didn't lose any on the powder charge. Mm-hmm. But if my charge is the same, um, then yeah, I would. I'd, I'd have to put some more primer. I'm sorry, put more powder mm-hmm. with that particular primer. Because I was going to say, would a heavier bullet make it balance out? Or well, yeah. I mean, if you're just looking at power factor. Yes, if you're going to push that bullet at the same speed, mm-hmm. then you're going to get more power factor with a heavier bullet. But in my case, the open gun has the comp that, you know, yeah. works off the extra gas that's produced. And mm-hmm. you, you want to keep the bullet on the lighter side um, so you can use a higher charge to produce more gas to, you know, help, help the gun, open gun do what it's supposed to do. Well, you know, off off of your performance, you you might have found your secret niche now. <laughs> <laughs> Russian primers. Yeah, but then again, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was close. Yeah, but I say, but then again, like there was when we went to the North Carolina match last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think the chrono was working right or something because um, Chris with the loud colors, he ended up didn't making it last year on the the power factor you know on chrono mm-hmm. and he was like i didn't change anything everything something was something was fishy about that yeah and um about and that, I, I remember that last year yeah and then um i know lucky and i talked about it 
And I was just like, I don't know, man. It just didn't come off as right, you know? And I was like the same batch of bullets because for that one, we we went to Florida shortly after that. And I made like a batch of bullets for all the matches. And you get to Florida and it was reading totally different. I'm like, how is that? And the bullets in Florida was way higher <laughs> than it was there in um in North Carolina. The weight. Yeah, and I was sitting there like I was stressing it. And it was like the last bullet, and the guy was like, Yep, you made it. And I was like, Holy cow, that ain't cool. <laughs> that ain't so cool. what it seems like to me, if they're if they're pulling out weighing bullets, um, mm-hmm. I think just I'm I'm guessing here, but I think they're they're not using a scale that's accurate enough or, or as consistent as the actual chronograph because I've seen a big weight difference in the bullet itself mm-hmm. when it's measured from one place to another <laughs> and it's the exact <laughs> same bullet but in Florida on this particular scale it's you know it's a half an ounce to an ounce different than right it, it's weighed somewhere else on a different on another scale um you know, people put a lot of effort into getting the chrono accuracy and, and keeping all that consistent, but I think they're using cheap scales uh, for measuring the bullets and that's going to change your power factor just because of the, you know, the math calculation there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I was glad to hear everybody made it that time around with no issues, but I, I don't remember. No, I think this was a different set of guys that was doing uh chrono at area six in North Carolina compared to the guys who was doing it in the North Carolina match last year. I don't remember. I never actually went to Chrono at the North Carolina match because they, they canceled it. Yeah. They told you to move forward because they yeah. was trying to stay on time. But and um, I questioned that. I was like, well, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just nullified chronograph. If right. you don't chrono everyone, then. Right. But yeah, I know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I know the, the guys didn't look, the same it, it they didn't look familiar to me you know so but i was like cool you know actually ended up um passing chronos so put that extra stress on myself for nothing but you know how it goes you know but it was i'm glad i passed for sure but i gotta go <laughs> look at my ammo <laughs> <laughs> all right now um stage 10 stage 10 is that um stage right after chrono of course right next to the wall so starting next to that wall is made it kind of eerie for me you know? Oh man, I like that one. I was looking forward to that one the whole day. <laughs> For real? That is a 30 round stage. That's all like in a little box right by the wall. Is that right? Or is it a different one? Uh, I, I think that know. was it. I don't think it was. Was it 30? No, no, it wasn't 30. Round. Oh, maybe it was. Stage 10. Yeah, because. Yeah, um, beside the wall. Correct. The, the barrel's on the right side of the wall and the left right there. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, maybe that was 30 rounds, but. um. I just didn't like it because I was looking at it more from a safety aspect and the safety aspect I was looking at it was if you step wrong, you're going to hit that wall. And then if you drop the firearm, everybody else is standing in the direction more than likely that firearm was going to drop, you know, meaning if you're right-handed, you know? Yeah. So that's how I was looking at it. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I don't know about this, but, um, once you got around that barrel, it, it was cool after that. You know, it was just starting up next to that wall like that. But I liked it because it gave you the option, or if you had the ability to, 
to shoot on the move. Oh yeah. And um, that's one of the things I was struggling with um, last year. And I feel like I'm getting a lot more comfortable with it this year, you know, the shooting on the move aspect, but even on the targets, whereas I could have blazed it, I kind of second guess myself and kind of creep the walk down to shoot on the move. <laughs> on the you, just, just because you weren't super comfortable with it. Correct. Yeah. And, um, and then to, at this point of the match, there was a lot already on my mind, playing on my mind, and my feet started hurting. So remember, I don't know if you paid attention or not, but I know it was one time when you was eating um, one of the little snack bowls with the fruit mm -hmm. in it. I got up and I walked around. I was just walking around because my feet started hurting. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I yeah. I remember you got up. I didn't know. I mean, I was yeah. walking too. I didn't know if something <laughs> was bothering you. Yeah, that's all it was. And my feet was hurting. And I was like, yeah, I got to get the blood circulating. And I didn't want to get up there and then moving all stiff and hurting. And then, you know, you're not going to run. So, but like I said, all the sitting, that's what hurt me more than anything. We, but, yeah. That's why I don't understand how we finished early. We had to wait at almost every stage. Well, you got to remember, we didn't take lunch either. We we kept shooting the whole way. That's true. That definitely saved some time. Yeah. But um, this stage right here, um, I liked it because it actually gave you that chance to actually pull the trigger fast. Yeah. You know, if that's your thing. <laughs> I wanted to so. see how fast I could run the run the trigger. And this stage let you do it. Yeah. And this, this was that stage. It definitely was. It definitely was. So um, I thought I thought that was a, a pretty unique stage, but um, it was fun. It was, it was very fun, though. Yeah, that one was fun. 30 rounds and this little, seemed like a little 10 by 10 box that we were in. <laughs> so you can just shoot as fast as you can. And that was, huh, was that probably the smallest bay? Because number bay one was small also, but I think bay one had a little bit more room than bay 10. Yeah. Probably 10, 10 and 11 were pretty small. I don't know. 10 may have been the smallest one, though. Yeah, I, I think it might have been. But the, the way they had it set up, though, it, it made it fun. The way yeah. it was set yeah, up. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was an optical illusion. <laughs> now, um, stage 11, going into stage 11, which, according to the matchbook, was stage five. And they moved the table outside of the shooting, able, the shooting um, area whereas you had to start on the outside of the shooting area also. So this stage right here, I did not consider doing it like everybody else did. But when we was doing the stage walkthrough, I walked it like everybody else did. And it just didn't make sense to walk outside of the area like everybody else was doing versus, you know, coming in to that port and then just sweeping everything, you know, coming back around. Mm-hmm. I looked at it both ways too. Um, I don't know. It just, I normally don't look at running outside of the shooting area like that, but that was one stage where it just kind of felt like it, it flowed a little better for me in the way I like to shoot. Right. So, and um, I honestly thought this was a little fun, challenging stage, even though like your area of running was so small, it actually, you had to really think about, placement your body placement mm -hmm. and you know now this is where your footwork really comes into play <laughs> you know to um, keep that momentum and it's just not uh 
let me see how fast I can run from point A to point B. It was, okay, I got to get to point A to point B, but at the same time, now I got to creep to point C and, you know, make that turn and try, try to make everything flow together. So I, I like that aspect of that stage. Yeah, it was a tight little uh, Bay Area, but yeah, that was another one, another fun one they managed to keep in a little small area. Oh, yeah. So um, I give kudos to um, the stage designer on um, stage 11 as well. Who did that one? Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. Um, I couldn't get the matchbook to open up on my phone when I was out there. And I tried downloading it three times, but it, it wouldn't open up on my phone. It opened up in my email. It just wouldn't open up on the phone. And I don't know. It doesn't say. Yeah. But, you know, kudos okay. to the, the match designer on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. They were, man, the whole match was good. I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it, too. Minus the, the hiccups that took place in the match. Well, yeah. You know, and now um, going into stage 12. Now, stage 12 was supposed to replicate one of the stages from um, the Florida Open, I think it was, we did last year. Uh, section, Florida section. I Florida think. section. Okay, yeah. And that was the stage that Manny designed. Mm-hmm. And like when I was talking to Coach B about it, I was like, I think we was a little bit closer to the targets. And they had the walls like coming way out. But I was trying to figure out what did they do differently because it, it just didn't naturally look right, the same, to mimic it, you know? It was different. They had to shrink everything down because they put it in a small bay as well. Right. So the one at the Florida section was a lot wider. And I think we may have been a little bit closer too. But you had to cover a lot more ground um, at the Florida section. This one was similar one shot per target. Um, you know, with a lot of hard cover, a lot of uh, no shoot targets, and a couple uh, mover moving targets in there. Yeah. So on this one, I didn't get a chance to walk it on Friday because there was already a squad waiting to get on it. It was a squad shooting on it, and then it was another squad waiting. And I said I'll just be able to look at it the next day, which the day was we were shooting. So. When I actually did the walkthrough on it, um, I didn't get a real chance to like memorize everything like I normally would. And when I actually shot it, I ended up having one miss on one of the targets. I ended up shooting a no shoot because of where I started on the left hand side on the far end. The targets, you know, you can go um, up, down, up, down. And I naturally did that and I hit the no shoot and I was like, God, doggone. <laughs> uh, and then um, then I had the malfunction going into my reload <laughs> and I was like, oh man. And everything played on me, you know? And the RO was just sitting there. He was just like, yo man, um, I, I know you might beat yourself up on that, but that was solid because you stayed with it and you showed the, the true aspect of clearing the malfunction. <laughs> Like he, he legitly said that to me and I was like, Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, I don't think he was feeling sorry for me or anything, but you know, like how some people, when they get the malfunction, it was like, the, <gasps> like that. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think I just went straight into it and you know, I didn't like freak out or anything. Uh, there's no time for that. Just got to clear it, get back to work. <laughs> and then you got to remember, like I said, when I did the reload, you remember I dropped the magazine. So when I put it in, 
when I, I was going back to put my hands back on it, the magazine fell out. <laughs> so grabbed the other oh, magazine right. and I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, so, um, but apparently talking to other people, this stage got a lot of people. Oh, I knew it would. I knew it would before we ever went there, just seeing it in the matchbook. Right. Man, but I figured like it, it that wouldn't be a stage that get everybody. Like I would think probably stage five would have been a stage that got everybody, <laughs> you know, but this one, cause like Chris, you know, with the loud colors, he said he zeroed it out. And I'm sitting there like, how? <laughs> like, no, what happened? And you know, he explained it to me and I was just like, oh, okay. And then um, somebody else was just telling me about it, and they was like, "Yeah, it was it was chaotic for them." <laughs> so. Yeah, I watched a lot of people had trouble with it. I knew they would because um, it was such a different stage than anything else at the match. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the stuff was really fast. Like there was stage we were just talking about, where you get to see how fast you can pull the trigger. This one was very it required a lot of precision with your shooting, and you're only shooting one shot at each target. So you can't afford to, you know, make a mistake with that one shot. So it's very, it's very opposite ends of the spectrum for sh just shooting, shooting as fast as you can at close targets, shooting extremely accurate at further distance targets. So I, I knew just from the way it looked that it was going to play, um, it was going to wreak some havoc on people. And <laughs> I ended up getting a miss on this stage myself, man. I was trying really hard not to, I think I had, on our squad, at least, I think I had the fastest stage time, um, but I did have one miss on it. And uh, you remember which target you had to miss on? Yeah, I do. <laughs> which one? It was uh, on the the right middle array, the one with all the hardcover on it. I I started on the right side, hit the activator, and then all the uh, the partial covered targets on that on that right side. Mm -hmm. I transitioned over to the right middle array and started on the bottom right target which was a partial and transition transitioned up to the top right target and that's where i had my miss i think i wasn't too high i think i was just um i was either over the left shoulder or right shoulder um i didn't have a hit on it at all but you only had like the top half of that target available and i think i just I've transitioned off of it too quickly and um, just had a miss on that. I had good hits everywhere else, but. Yeah, so the miss I had on that one, because I started on the left-hand side, and but I started more like towards the middle and I took the headshots first on the swingers. Mm -hmm. Then I did the partials and the second portion. Then it went all the way to the far left and did those open shots with the steel to activate the first swinger. Then I ran all the way back to the right side. And that's where I shot one of the no shoots because on the far left side, it had it set up, down, up, down. <laughs> Whereas this one, it was just on the outsides, up, down on the outsides and nothing was in the middle. So um, the one that I missed was the top uh, right in that sequence on the far right. You know, so like I said, it was that technical that that got everybody. What the different format? Yep. Of, um, so like said, it was. Said. I could almost tell just by watching people. Mm -hmm. I could almost tell without looking at their hits by watching them shoot and the and the pace at which they were shooting. Mm -hmm. I could almost tell you if they had 
bad bad hits or, or misses or not. <laughs> just because second guessing themselves, you, you couldn't you couldn't rush through it. Uh, right. If you did, um, you were gonna pay, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I paid the cost, so I couldn't sit at the round table on that one. <laughs> and um, by all means, now this is the third stage, whereas I had below a five hit factor, right? Because the first two stages I had a three. Um, when I, yeah, the first two stages, I had a three hit factor and then going into this one, I think it was like a two or something, two or one, maybe. I this one remember. would be, this one would be a really low hit factor anyway, just yeah. because of the nature of the stage. Yeah. And, and that's the same thing Lucky and said. Some, and some yeah. mics are not going to help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucky said the same thing. He was like, Yo, I think you're beating yourself up for no reason because you're not going to get a five hit factor on that stage because of the way the points are. It was too low. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So you might be right. So then now I took everything and washed it away. I said, I'm just going to deal with it later. So yeah, good. That's what, yeah. you, that's what you have to do. So going into stage one, by far, stage one for me was the more fun stage of the day. And yeah, stage, stage one was, cool. was like a memory stage, but it was a memory stage that I saw it, it messed with three people on our squad because yeah. when they was moving, I was like, Oh, and then they thought they didn't shoot the target and they was about to move back. Then they took off, <laughs> you know? So when, when I did it, my movements felt very fluid for me. Like I didn't have any hiccups or anything like that. And I was like, I, I felt good shooting stage one, you know? So, um, didn't go too fast, didn't go too slow, but I think it was there. The only thing I probably would have changed on that one, I put three shots on that one partial that was in that open spot. Yeah. Um, but all three of them was in the alpha. So that would probably been the only thing I would have changed was just put two shots and just go. Um, this one, I saw an opportunity to shoot it four different ways, but I seen it ran three different ways on our squad. And the one thing that got me was one person, I think he was a grandmaster, and this was my original plan going into it, just take off to that far corner and just start working everything coming back towards the um, the right. Yeah. But then I started thinking, okay, doing that, you your footwork has to be in the right place, like your foot placement rather than your footwork but it had to be in the right place to make that happen. You know, so I was like, okay, let me think about this. And then, um, you know, Coach B, she said, um, gave me a, a few pointers, which was, why don't you just take that one? And I was like, okay. So originally I was gonna do that one and then the target that was next to me. But for whatever reason, coming out of that far left corner, that target that was right there where you started at, mm -hmm it lined up perfectly coming around. So yeah. I was like, it gives you something to shoot on the way from yeah. the so left side like, of the stage. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave that one and then let that be that um, placement for me. So what I ended up doing was shooting the one that was next to that um, partial, taking a step back and then shooting that one that was right there. So I didn't have to do that pity patty like everybody else was doing, mm -hmm. you know, coming back to it. So going over to the far side, 
shooting those two and then shooting the one that was across where you had to take it from that wall. You couldn't take that shot anyplace else. Coming back to the target that was next to me, shooting the partial, because Lucky was even like, why didn't you shoot the partial <laughs> right there? And I was like, it, it didn't make sense to stand there for too long, you know, doing those two targets. Yeah. So, um, and then he was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then, of course, everything else just kind of flowed coming around that that last wall. Yeah, that one's kind of interesting. But, um, but yeah, you had a couple of positions that you had to hit no matter what, because there were two, you know, one or two targets that couldn't engage from anywhere else. Um, but they were, they were pretty tight on positioning um, or positional requirements. Like you really had to hit your marks on, on those positions. Um, mm -hmm. So, and if you didn't, you'd have to shuffle, you know, kind of left or right to, to make open up the targets, but yeah. it, uh, it was pretty cool stage. He had big wide transitions, which uh, that's fun. I like that too. Yeah. So like I said, that one right there, that was the more fun stage of the day for me, you know? Um, and I say that because that stage had me thinking more, right? And like, mm -hmm. I, I left the range thinking about that one, like, man, how can you actually do that more smooth and be efficient with it? And um, it, it just played on my mind. It was that stage and um, the other stage I talked about previously. Um, those two stages, like, were the, the most that played on my mind. But I love stages like that that make you think, you know what I'm saying? So the next one, stage two. What'd you what'd you think about stage two? Stage two is a little short one. Um yeah. This was um I think they had two stages on this same yeah. day also. So I actually, I mean, there were it seemed like to me there are really only two ways to shoot this stage. Mm -hmm. But I went back and forth. Like I couldn't decide which one was the better option. Um, why was that well it seemed like to me initially you had to start in the middle everybody started on the x's outside of the shooting area and then you, it's a small little shooting area you'd have to move in on the left and engage a couple targets mm -hmm. um, on the left and then move to the right of the shooting area around the wall and engage the rest of the targets or vice versa start on the right engage a couple targets move to the left of the wall and engage the rest of the targets but i it seemed like initially I wanted to move in to the left first, mm -hmm. hit two targets, move to that right hard corner, and then finish the stage with everything else. But I started looking at it, and if I moved to the right first, I could get my foot right up against the fault line, and people had kind of dug out a little like rut mm -hmm. near that fault line to where I could really sink my foot in there and get a good push off when I'm leaving that position. Right. And that's what made me choose to go to the right first because I felt like I could leave that position harder than going to the left first where I'm I'm just standing out in the middle of the shooting area with I'm flat footed with nothing to push off of. So that's where I made the, the decision off of on that one. <laughs> the right major decision. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I could leave that right side of the stage a lot harder, a lot faster. All right, so let me tell you what I did on stage two, but I'm gonna tell you what I did after this commercial break, All right? So everybody, if you will, go ahead and get a glass of water or some lemonade, your drink of choice. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything else about that, but um, go ahead and um, hit the restrooms and stay tuned. And here are a few words from our sponsors. 
What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, Visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. What's up, good people? This is Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical. This is Coach B from M-W Tactical. And we are asking for your help with two GoFundMe campaigns that we have started. The first one is we are making a professional movie, and it's going to be about our day-to-day life within the sport of shooting. Details about this campaign can be found by visiting GoFundMe.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. The second campaign, we are asking for you to donate to give financial assistance for those who cannot financially get the training they deserve. Remember, there are a lot of first-time gun owners out there, and I am asking for everyone in the gun industry to come together and make our community stronger. For more details, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash free firearms training. Remember how important training is to keep everyone informed and safe. All right, good people. Thank you for sitting through 
that uh, commercial break, as we was talking about the stages, we did our um, post breakdown for Area 6. And the mad scientist just got finished talking about what he did and his decision, um, how he decided to run that stage, because there's only really two ways you can run stage two. But um, I actually looked at stage two as a possible classifier. And it was... It would be pretty cool. That would be a cool class for I think so, too. And I think it was this one and the stage that was next to it, the one where you had to put three shots mm-hmm. on the target. Those two stages, I could see those being classifiers. And like you said, the challenging point is where are you going to take the first shot? And what I decided was I didn't want to start up front and then had to run backwards you know well you're not really running backwards you're kind of pushing off and running sideways in a sense of speaking so um but what i decided was go ahead and go back to that right corner and then when i take off i'm pushing off already i didn't even notice that rut you was talking about (laughs) you know what i'm saying so um i'm pretty sure if i would have noticed it, i probably been like yeah everybody's coming here so that's probably where they're going first anyway (laughs) you know but I had already made that decision the day before that I was going to go to the backside first. Now, the only decision I had to make was, was I going to take the target tree at the front, the top, um, the two targets that was on the back kind of blocking by the wall. Yeah, the, the double stack area. Yeah, right. you could. You had the option to get, get those from either the left or the right side. Correct. So... I determined to take those from the back because I'm already standing still versus coming into the position, you know, mm-hmm. and coming into it off of the traverse, you know? So um, I went ahead and I did that, but I was like, man, this was, this was a pretty interesting stage right here. So um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a very small stage, but yeah. it was interesting. It I, I had to think a lot about not really how to shoot it, but, how to break it down. Yeah. How to break it down. What was the quickest way for, for me to shoot it is what I was, you know, throwing around in my head. It was not difficult to shoot at all, but because of that, the speed is real important. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to figure out how to get through it, you know, as quick as I could. And that it gives you some options. Oh yeah. So, um, but I would love to see that one. I hope it shows up again at nationals. I, I, I like it. I think that would be a fun one. Yeah, I, th- I think that would possibly make classifier for 2021, <laughs> the 21 series rather. So this was a level three match. It could it could come from this match as a classifier if if uh, USPSA wanted it to. Oh wow, okay. Hold on, I didn't even realize um, area six was level three. I thought it was level three. Yeah, yeah, the area matches are level threes. Oh man, I slept on that one. All right, so the next stage, stage three. Um, on this one, you're sitting in one box and you got um like a doorway in front of you, but you had to, you can either move your feet within the box, left or right, and it's going to open up targets. So depending on, like for me and my height and pretty much everybody else did the same thing, once you're leaning, because it was only um, six targets in total, the way you you lean, you can only see three targets at a time. So you had to work your your movements and sync to keep everything in flow to get all 18 shots off and it was three rounds per target so 
I think this right here could possibly be another classifier also. It was pretty interesting um, as well. And um, I think I may have, no, I finished second. I thought I might've won that stage, but I think one person shot it faster than I did. <laughs> but anyway, shot, it was- yeah, uh, You shot that one really fast though. Yeah. It was, um, it was, I don't know, it was kind of fun. I mean, really you're just standing in one box, but you know, you got this little, between the little port between the walls that, you know, you could only see one or two targets at a time, right. depending on how you were leaning. And you had to alternate, you know, lean from side to side and, and transition from, you know, left to right real quick, you know, snapping three shots on the, each target as you're leaning and transitioning. So that there was actually a lot of movement in that stage, even though your feet didn't move. <laughs> right. True. So, so that was, it was, it was fun. Yeah. So now if you ever went to a, the Tim Heron class, um, he has a drill he does where he gives a patch away. And that drill is almost similar to this, except the only difference is you're moving from like completely left to right, right? And it's just the rhythm of the firearm. You can't miss the cadence, right? So that's what this reminded me of when I was um, doing that. But um, I felt like I missed my cadence two times, you know, like coming off of the first two targets, coming into that port. Um, I, I want to say I've, I'm looking at the video as I'm talking about it, but no, I didn't do it. I thought I followed the sights because of the the barrels kind of played with my mind a little bit, mm -hmm. but I actually turned my head and, you know, the firearm followed. But um, I know coming out of that port into that last target, I know I pulled it back to my chest because, you know, my arms are long. And if I would have tried to traverse, I would have hit it <laughs> with the firearm. Oh, so. when, I was, when I was making ready, that was something I was checking. I was I was waving the gun out in front of me in front of the barrels to see if I was going to hit the barrels when I came back out. Of the... There there was no doubt in my mind because like when I was shooting the firearm, the, the tip of it was right past that port. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I just go ahead and bring it back. So, um, but you know, I could have shuffled my feet to avoid it, but I didn't even think about it coming into the port, like shuffling my feet, you know, until after the fact, though. Yeah, yeah, but um, those two stages, um. I, see, I can see those becoming um, a classifier. They're pretty fun. Um, I think Bruce Wells designed that one. Does it oh. say on the matchbook? It says somewhere. Some I saw stage designers listed somewhere, but it's not on. Uh, it's not on this PDF that I have in front of me. But yeah, these were two fun stages, and, and they could become classifiers. I mean, they're you know they're easy enough to set up. Um no steel on either of them because so some you know some ranges won't allow steel so mm -hmm. they would be really good options uh for making classifiers out of them all right then um stage three the last stage for us of the day because we started on stage um, i mean stage four um, we started on stage five so stage four would have been our last stage and this is another stage where i, I changed my stage plan the at the walkthrough like the day we were shooting walkthrough and originally what i was going to do was i was going to take of course you know those two shots coming off of because you can only shoot those two shots from one position the first two on the far left on the left yeah yes and then go up and then sweep around and take the rest of them but what i actually ended up doing was starting off in the right corner 
and shooting those two targets that you had to be in that one position to shoot. And then um, I shot the two back in the back right corner from that same position with the lean to get that mm -hmm. um, one that was covered with the partial. Stepped over and then um, shot the one in the middle, came over to the left corner, shot those two, did a reload, went up, and then just finished off those three. So, um, but that one, I really didn't put no real thought into it because now at this point, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> Let me just get the day over with. And um, I think I walked with the, um, the scorekeeper as they was putting it into the tablet, but I really wasn't paying no attention to what was being said. It was as soon as he threw it in my face, I just hit approve. I was like, thank you all. I really appreciate y'all um, working the match. And then I walked over, and then when I was walking up to um, Coach B, I was like, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> That's all I said. I was, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> it, was, it was a long day. Yeah, it, it was a long day. I was disappointed um, in my performance. But um, but how did that stage work out for you? It worked out really well. And it I didn't really think a whole lot of this stage initially. But it turned out, I think it was my favorite stage for my favorite stage that I shot. And it wasn't so much for the stage design. It was just kind of a culmination of everything that was happening throughout the day and the way I was feeling it. And uh, I don't know, I, it, um, you know, I mentioned before and we'd had uh, Travis Tomasi on the show and he's been helping me with my nutrition plan and um, been talking to Rob Teague about it, who he had on last week or week before mm -hmm. recently. Um, he's also, um, you know, gave me some, some pointers and stuff on nutrition. And I knew going in this match because it was so such a long match that I was really needed to focus on my nutrition. And I, and I maintained that throughout the whole day. I did not get hungry one time. Somebody actually commented that I must have the metabolism of a hummingbird because I was eating <laughs> between every stage. I wasn't eating a lot. I mean, I was eating like 50, 75, hundred calories between each stage, right. but I was keeping track of what I was doing. I ended up burning about 6,000 calories that day, but mm. at the end of the day. So that's, I mean, that's a lot, <laughs> right. but it requires, you know, a lot of intake also to maintain your energy level. And for me, it really affects me. It affects me mentally. It hurts my focus. <clears throat> and I made it through the whole day, made it to this stage and was focused throughout every single stage. Did not let any of, of this stuff that has affected me before with nutrition didn't touch me all day. And um, I mean, I have uh Rob and Travis to thank for that, for helping, you know, getting me on track. In this stage, um, I took three of those targets, those back left targets on, on the move. And they were probably a, maybe close to 20 yard targets um, from where I engaged them. But I was, I was focused enough that I was calling shots, 20 yard targets. I was making good calls um, on the move. And that, made it the favorite my favorite stage just because of everything that would have, had happened throughout the day and the way that I was able to end a stage like that and still be focused enough to where I could call 20 yard shots on the move nice. it made me feel good <laughs> yeah, really. like and, I said you shot a great match so it, it paid it paid you know so uh, I I left Saturday I was winning the match um in open 
Uh, two people got ahead of me on Sunday, but <laughs> I finished, I finished third, uh, in open. So I'll take it. I wasn't really expecting that, you know, that high of a placement. I was, um, aiming for top 10, I finished top three. So I, I'm happy about it. I'm, I had a lot of, uh, you know, stuff I've been working on. The nutrition was a big part of it. I noticed some issues I was having leaving targets too hard. Um, at the Spartanburg match I shot a couple weeks ago, I would throw a mic here and there when I was leaving position, um, on leaving, you know, on the last target too hard. And I really made sure I didn't do that. Um, I was, I was really able to focus, you know, on the targets. Well, um, didn't have any nutrition trouble. Um, I had two mics, I think two misses, um, you know, this, it happens no matter how hard you try not to, but uh, it happens occasionally, but I had a good match. I was happy with it. And uh, things, things turned out well, had a good time. Oh yeah. Well, you came in third out of 88 and open. Right. So um, that's very good. And then you had 190 alphas, 70 Charlies, 10 deltas and two mics. Yeah. You know I wish I'd had a few less deltas, but. Yeah, like I said, like the first <laughs> couple stages, like you said, it is what got us. So, um, and then turn around, and then going over to limited. When you look at it, now out of sixty people in limited, I came in fortieth place. You know, I told myself I wanted to be in the top twenty-five. You know, but came in fortieth place, and I had one hundred seventy-six alphas, eighty charlies. 10 deltas and six misses all together. You know, so it ended up, it, it, it's a learning lesson. That's how I'm looking at it. It's a learning lesson. So, and then um, I think my overall time was 232 seconds where I think you shot the match in what, 45 seconds? <laughs> it's 48 or something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but um... Ethan Howell got got me on time. Uh, he beat me on time. He he won the match. Yeah. And, so uh, Chris Tilly finished second. Chris Chris's time and, and my time were about the same. I think 100, yeah. 124 seconds, something like that. Well, you did it in one hundred and thirty two point eight one. Chris Tilly did it one hundred and thirty point nine four, and then um Howell did it one hundred and twenty three point eight four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I knew he was about 10 seconds quicker or so. A yeah. um, little, maybe a little less. I don't know. But Now, the one thing that got me was, and like I said, when I'm sitting on the couch today and I was looking at the results, it went like this. Grandmaster, Grandmaster, the mad scientist. Grandmaster, 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 Grandmaster. Master, Grandmaster, Master, 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 Master. <laughs> well... Alpha, Alpha, Master, Grandmaster. You know, so you're there, man. You're there. I thought I was going to make GM. If I would have won the match, I, I'm pretty sure that automatically puts me in the GM if um, the the GMs below me score at least 95% of my score. Right. But I didn't. I got third, so no GM for me yet. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So that's what it is. So like I said, it was a, it was a fun match. Um, just like I said, anything you do, whether you do good or horrible at it, it's always a learning lesson. And um, definitely is. Yeah. And after we get finished with this recording, 
I'm going to go ahead and go back to the videos because I didn't finish watching all the videos and I'm legitly, oh, I just saw something. <laughs> I'm going back and I'm looking at what I was doing. I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? So um, taking notes as I'm doing it. And of course, I'm throwing all that stuff into my, my practice um, um, regiments and pushing forward. You know, so here in the next couple weeks, two weeks, we got the South Carolina sectional that's coming up. Yes, we do. Yeah. And then um, if you haven't noticed that yesterday I was wearing the the new M-W tactical shooting hat. So it's a little bit different than the hats that we had beforehand. So in, if you see the videos that the mad scientist was shooting, he has the first one that we came out with. So I think I'm going to call that one the streetwear, M-W tactical streetwear hat. All right, and, I like it. Yeah, and then this one would just be the shooting hat. It's, it's a trucker hat with the vents in it, so um, it's not collecting as much sweat as the other one, which is all wool, I think it is. You know, whatever material it is. Yeah, it's warm. I mean, it's a super nice hat. Yeah, yeah. It's a little warmer. Yeah, I always get compliments when I'm wearing it out. <laughs> you know, everybody always asks about it. So I was like, yeah, 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 go to this um, website. You can ask questions about it and I don't tell him it's mine but I was like yeah it is <laughs> you know play it off a little bit um and then outside of that um I was just playing around with the camera and um I think I'm gonna start using the other camera that I have and getting different angles and using it because um, actually I was using the other camera I only did it on one stage and I legitly was looking at one stage that was ran in like 15 seconds mm -hmm. but it, i was watching it for three hours <laughs> like and i'm breaking everything down man like gun placement footwork you know leaving a position i'm, I'm breaking everything down so it is helpful i like i i hung a camera on walls and stuff that you know at the match and i like getting different angles i'm gonna have a video up on youtube fairly soon Mm -hmm. um of the match but it does help um because you can see different angles different stuff that you're doing um footwork wise gun handling wise it mm -hmm. helps you really kind of analyze um you know what you're doing and see if there's you know somewhere you need to focus some practice on right so um as you heard the mad scientist say he's going to have his video up here a little bit about what took place at area six and you can head on over to youtube and look for david lyle on YouTube and you'll see that video here in the next couple hours, whatever he decides to put it up. And then also head on over to Instagram and give him a follow at CSRA shooters. Now I don't do the whole compilation video like everybody else does when they make the videos, but I will put the stages up on Instagram and Facebook. So um, please head on over to Instagram and look up at M underscore W tactical and on Facebook, M-W Tactical. And on Facebook for the Mad Scientist is CSRA Shooters. So um, you want to check out those videos and the stages we talked about during this um, episode, head on over. Um, my apologies for not having any videos to show during this recording. But when I got in last night, it was pretty late and I was wore out from the match. And of course, when I yeah. woke up today, I'm still exhausted and <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I was fumbling a couple words and everything. So um, whenever we come back and also to let everyone know, we're going to go ahead and do our um, season break right now because there's a couple matches 
that we have to prepare for. And at the same time, um, South Carolina sectional, um, the math scientists and myself, um, we actually have to run some behind the scenes work to make sure that match is taken care of. So it's going to take away from the podcast. Then we got to get ready for um, a couple other matches that are coming up. So it's going to be a little busy for us. So we're going to take um, a season break and probably come back right after nationals or maybe before nationals. Um, Cause I think nationals is in October. Yeah, usually it is. Yeah. So um, more than likely we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll put it out on Facebook and, um, and then to whatever streaming platform you hear it on, we'll make the announcement on that streaming platform as well. So everybody get that notification. And then um, we'll talk a little bit up until uh, December timeframe, and then we'll end season three. And then going into 2022, round about the February, March timeframe, we'll bring it back for season four and start it all over again. <laughs> all right. So um, anything else you want to say to the good people before um, we get off? Well, man, guys, thank you for listening um we've had a good first start of the season i think we've, we've covered a lot of information we've had a lot of crazy stuff happen <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the, the last year um it's definitely been interesting we're still here yeah. uh keep training keep shooting <laughs> that's it so um also um Andrew and myself, we was talking at the area match and he was saying he was trying to do the hey good people. Everybody <laughs> yeah. jokes me about that. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It sounds fine. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But I'm like this. Okay, here's what I want to do. Right. Over the season break. Everybody, go ahead and do your best rendition of me doing the hey good people um talk. Okay. <laughs> Whoever we deem to be the best, we will ensure that you get a prize pack. And more than likely, that prize pack will be an M-W tactical shirt, M-W tactical shooting hat, and a pair of Hunter HD Gold glasses. Awesome. I'm going to work on it then. I need some new glasses. <laughs> so I've actually got a, um, a secret project plan with Pops Quest um, uh -huh. on YouTube. Okay. Um, we're gonna we might do something over um next well not this month but probably next month or so. Mm -hmm. I'm, I might have to practice my hey good people for the for the video. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. It might make its appearance. Yeah. So um, if you're up for that challenge, as we said, um, go back and listen to a few episodes. Actually, at the beginning of the season, you, you'll hear um the mad scientist come in and he tries it. He's like, nah, I try, I yeah. It <laughs> <is>. <laughs> But um, yeah, let's, so let's get your best rendition. It, it could be an audio format or it could be video format. However you want to do it, um, send your replies to info at m-wtactical.com or um, send a message to on Facebook to m-wtactical.com or DM the video um, on Instagram at m-wtactical or even do the same thing um, send it to at CSRA shooters or at or CSRA shooters on Facebook. And I, th I think this would be pretty interesting. So yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So the prize pack will be actually we'll, we'll spruce it up a little bit. So let's do it. Um, we'll give a M-W tactical shirt. 
M-W tactical shooting hat, a pair of Hunter HD gold glasses, the bore box from the gun cleaners, and turn around and throw in a bottle of um, the gun butter. Man. As well. You don't need any of the other stuff. Gun butter is <laughs> grand prize right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll we'll make it worthwhile for everybody. So. Yeah, that's definitely worthwhile. So I hope I hope we get uh, some participation in that. It'll be fun. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun to actually see the videos of people being like, "Hey, good people." <laughs> my, my brother even tried it one time. He was like, "Yeah, I, I can't get it, but you got it." <laughs> I like so, it. Um, but yeah, so like we said beforehand, so send in your videos, your submissions, and then um, Mad Scientists and Coach B and myself. We'll sit there and we'll judge them yep. and we'll narrow it down to like the top five. If it's more than like 10 people who send it in, we'll narrow it down to the top five and we'll do like a video and we're talking about <laughs> it down and why we came to that conclusion. And then um, we'll announce it and then we'll give the winner. Um, actually, let's do it like this. Um, the first place prize will get the M-W tactical shirt the shooting hat, Hunter HD gold glasses, the bore box, and the gun butter. Second place will get um, a shirt and the bore box. Third place will get the hat and the gun butter. Sounds good. All right, let me write this down so I don't three winners. <laughs> I've already forgotten it. So I'm glad we're recording. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's when it's gonna come into place. So we said second place is gonna get the shirt. And um we said shirt, bore box. Yeah, I think so. All right. And then third place is gonna get the hat and gum butter. That should be the grand prize, really, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, there we have it. So we got like something that's going to keep us entertained over this um, little break that we have I'm coming back in right before nationals. And it should be fun for everybody, you know? Yeah, so, yeah it'll be fun. Yeah. So go ahead and send in your submission and we'll actually go ahead and make a video for Instagram on this as well. So um, I, I'm 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 excited about this now. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be good. Let's see how this all turn out. All right. So um, anything else you want to say to the good people before we take off? Well, I hope to see you guys at the South Carolina section. We've been advertising uh, for this match for all year, just about. Yeah. <laughs> so hope to see everybody out there. Um, I'll be there all week. Come hunt me down, say hello, and um, I'll see you on the range. That's it right there. So everybody, please stay in your seats and hear a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. 
CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please, go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting in the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.